I've always just had this, well, okay, I can creative, I can creative my way out of this. You know, how can I, how can I think about this differently to, um, to achieve the things that I want to achieve? And I thought, you know, I know it'd be really hard, but I could just start teaching private lessons and I would be one-on-one and I'd be able to see the impact that I have in somebody and go at their pace rather than where I'm supposed to be by the school standards. And that really appeals to me because I don't think every student learns at the same pace. And I don't like glossing over things so that people just kind of get it. You know, I want to make sure that my students have a really good understanding of what I'm trying to communicate. Providing inspiration and community for women in business of Middle Tennessee. This is Powered by Her with Tiffany Anton. Welcome back to Powered by Her. I am Tiffany Anton, and today you're going to meet Cat Star, which is like kind of the most amazing name ever. Oh, thank you. I mean, it's pretty fun. It's I lucked out. Yeah, it's my actual name. I'm just Catherine Star. Yeah, but yeah. but I think the cat helps, like going by Cat instead of Catherine or Katie, or it just fits. It does. Yeah, I I very much feel like a cat. I I realized when I was going into college that I was going to be roommating with a, a Catherine, and I was like, oh. mm, that's not going to work. Yeah. <laughs> so is that when you pivoted from Catherine to Cat? Oh, that was it. I I went through a Tiff phase when I was in college. Yeah. My roommate just decided I was no longer Tiffany. I was just Tiff. <laughs> and so everybody from that like four ish years of life knows me as Tiff. And so it's it's kind of interesting to me that like I just kind of know when people know me from by the by what they call me. Oh yeah. So we're gonna jump in to thank our partners for a second. As we head into fall, your HVAC system is finally getting a little break from all the hot weather. The chilly weather will be here before you know it, so make sure your system is ready to go. Action Heating and Cooling does more than just repairs. They do yearly maintenance as well. Give them a call today to schedule your yearly maintenance. It may even lower your monthly bill. Who, whoever thinks about maintenance for their HVAC unit, that seems... Nobody I know. No. No, I think about it when it's broken. I know. Which Action, let me say, has been really great. They've come to my home. They've come to my office. They're really great and fast, but... Um, yearly maintenance can really save you some money. It sure can. That's absolutely right. So Catstar, um, you have a music business. Mm-hmm. So Catstar Music, what does that even mean? What's what's Catstar Cat Music? Catstar Music, um, it was the first thing that popped into my head when I started my <laughs> business like 14 years ago. Yeah. But our, our slogan really says it all. We our, our mission is bringing out the musician in you. And that's really at the heart of what uh, we embody at Cat Star Music. We we really just try to meet every student where they are, no matter what their age, and so figure you, out. So at the business is not you're out performing. You are right. teaching people different instruments, different mm-hmm. musical talents, that's tapping right. into their their skills, or maybe if they have none, bringing out some absolutely. Skills. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, people like to say, "Oh, I don't have any." musical ability whatsoever and I'm like it's just a skill plus 10,000 repetitions <laughs> <laughs> it's one one learning one thing and then just practicing and trying and trying and trying that's absolutely right so 14 years ago you decided um, to not go teach at some other location mm-hmm. you decided I want to do this myself I want to have a school I want to have my own vision for what this looks like yeah so kind of take me back 14 years ago probably feels like Maybe forever ago. Forever ago, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so what do you think yeah. sets your school apart from other schools that are teaching music? Well, that's a really good question. I think it's really our attitude um, that's that I have taken a lot of pains to make sure I hire the right people that teach with me who also have just the heart of a teacher, really. Um, 
so like you mentioned, you know, cat star music doesn't mean that we are out performing all the time. We don't really perform a whole lot. I like doing it, but really my passion is making other people shine. And so all of the teachers that I've hired have the same outlook and they really, you know, our biggest wins are when our students, their light bulbs come on over their head and they're learning and they're engaged or like they've been trying and trying to reach some sort of skill for a long time and then they finally get it. Like that's, that's where the reward is for us. Where, where did the inspiration to not go work for, it was just kind of trying to create the values that you felt were important? Sort of. Okay. So, um, I, I got my degree in music education and violin was my main instrument. And so I got a job in a school system actually teaching strings and it turned out to be the worst year of my life. It was just, it was awful. Um, it wasn't necessarily the schools. It was just kind of like this, um, you know, it all came together for, for being a perfect storm and I knew something had to give. Um, I knew that me as an introvert teaching 30 kids at one time was not really the best fit for me and wasn't making me into the teacher I wanted to be. And so I've always just had this, well, okay, I can creative, I can creative my way out of this. You know, how can I, how can I think about this differently to, um, to achieve the things that I want to achieve? And I thought, you know, I know it'd be really hard, but I could just start teaching private lessons and I would be one-on-one and I'd be able to see the impact that I have in somebody and go at their pace rather than where I'm supposed to be by the school standards. And that really appeals to me because I don't think every student learns at the same pace. And I don't like um, glossing over things so that people just kind of get it. You know, I want to make sure that my students have a really good understanding of what I'm trying to communicate. And um, so I... But then it's scary to lose like a steady paycheck, I'm Mm -hmm. sure. 14 years ago, were you a a breadwinner in the household at that time or... Did you have shared income? So part of the worst year of my life thing was that I was divorcing at that time. It was (laughs) like the perfect storm. Uh, So I was... um, Which makes it even scarier to step out and not have a set paycheck from somebody else. It really was. Yeah. I'm... um, uh, I'm kind of looking back going, what were you thinking, Kat? Like, <laughs> yeah. But I've just always had this attitude, like, I'll figure it out. You know, mm-hmm. I'll, I really, what was most important to me back then was finding a job that was going to fill me up rather than drain me. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think that as business owners, it, there's a lot of things that do drain you as a business owner. Mm-hmm. You know, making sure you're advertising and finding customers and making ends meet and being profitable and all those kind of things. Yeah. It's real heavy. But if you can be lucky enough, focused enough, I, you know, I, yeah. I pause at lucky because I, I think sometimes people think, look at me and think, well, you're just lucky you have your dream, dream job. And right. it's like, I don't know that it's a lucky thing. I think that I create what I want in the space I want. Mm-hmm. And so um, if you're driven enough to create a business that kind of taps into your um your talents and your skills and, your, and mm-hmm. what you want to do, then it can be fulfilling, even though there's the heaviness of running the business. Absolutely. And I like to say that I'm the weirdest musician ever and that I am very creative, but I also have a planner. 
<laughs> and I am very good at scheduling and being organized. And so it, it's, it's just weird, though, because when I graduated um, in music education, I hadn't taken any business courses. I didn't know what I was getting Which into. most business owners don't, <laughs> right? They that's, don't know what they're doing. That's good to hear. Um, <laughs> so I was just like, well, I'm going to leap and the net will appear and I will build the parachute on the way down. And I'm just so I am. Uh, I've worked very hard, but I'm also very blessed that yeah. this has worked out so well. And now, you know, like 14 years later, I have a team of people working with me. And that's just, it blows my mind continually. Well, do you remember the, t- the time where you were able to hire your first employee and how that felt? And did it feel like, oh my gosh, this is working and I'm able to kind of progress forward. And mm-hmm. this this may be a, a business that I could like kind of hang my hat on for years to come. Yeah, I do remember that because... Um, I, you know, I had made a, a, a comfortable living for myself just teaching private lessons, and then my um, my current husband Clay Ferris and I we we bought this house. When I saw it online, I was like, "That looks like a studio space." Mm-hmm. And what they were trying to build is a mother-in-law suite, and I was like, "We need to buy that house." <laughs> yeah. And so we're very lucky that we were in a position to do that, and um, that's when it really became possible. So we we took on our first. Uh, extra teacher besides just myself um Caleb Ferris related to your husband no everybody asks and confusingly they look sort of alike too (laughs) (laughs) no relation though (laughs) well and how how was that now now then you took the step to intertwine your personal life with Mm -hmm. your business having the studio in your home having people come to your home was that a scary step to kind of take that or, or you're you're the build the parachute on the way down dude kind of I don't person. know what like now I'm starting to wonder why I wasn't more scared but <laughs> not until somebody points it out to you now I'm a little terrified no um, <laughs> um no I wasn't really I was just super excited and I think maybe that's part of why I've been so successful as a business owner is that I'm exhilarated by change mm-hmm. um other folks are a little you know like they want to piece things out a little more like know what's going to happen a little bit more than I do and I'm like let's just do it yeah and we'll figure it out well and so you were able to over 14 years kind of pivot hire other employees what do you think has kept you going in all that time of like just not throwing in the towel when times get hard and you know COVID was a hard thing for business owners a couple years ago yeah so where did that where do you where's the tenacity come from I really love it I, there's just no better feeling for me than connecting with one student, helping them achieve one of their goals and seeing the light that comes over their face. Because, you know, music is this very, um, it's a nebulous thing. It looks magical to people who don't do it. And it it looks out of reach to your average person. Mm-hmm. But what I'm really passionate about is that music is a birthright. We are all born musicians until somebody tells us that we're not. So fun fact, the word educate means like to bring out. And so in lessons, we just like to take the music that's already in somebody and help them figure out how to bring it out. Wow. So that's what keeps me going. It make, this makes me want to sign up for You should. <laughs> I know a great school. <laughs> <laughs> so you also mentioned that you didn't take a single business class when you're, which is so common um, mm-hmm. of business owners are like, I don't know how I did the business aspect or how I even figure out my pricing and that kind of stuff. How did you, where did you get influence from over the years? I mean, 14 years ago, YouTube was not what it is today. So most, a lot of people say they went to YouTube university. Mm -hmm. That wasn't 
as much of an option, I think, 14 years ago. It didn't occur to me. I'll say that. (laughs) If it was there, it didn't occur to me. I'm a voracious reader. I like to read about things that I don't know or understand um, because I always want to know the why. I think that's really important. And so I bought a a series of books on written by a music teacher turned business owner and then she created these these series of books to to just laid everything out they're like here's the letter you send to the parents before the recital and Mm. so I got a big start there just um doing a lot of reading and, and things like that. But as I like to say, as a business owner, there's nothing that makes you figure out your self-worth more than trying to put a price on your time. Yeah. Um, so that was definitely a process. Well, and, and have, have you had to adjust over, I mean, obviously over 14 years, prices will adjust, but right. I mean that you, you tell me about that, that process for you of that you, re, I'm sure reevaluate over time of mm-hmm. like, is this, am I, I'm doing the right thing? Am I not doing the right thing? What, uh, what services am I offering? Is there more to it? Cause you guys do a recital mm-hmm. that your whole, you know, studio school, yeah. mm-hmm. um, does a, a recital together. Um, how has that kind of evolved over time of just trying to value kind of what you're doing and what you're putting into things? That's a great question. Well, I started off like most music teachers like back in the day back when I was taking lessons it was $15 for a half an hour Mm. and you would be shocked at how long that price continued it was a very long time um and I remember the first time I raised my rates from that I I talked it over with Clay to the point that he was like honey I love you but just change your prices stop talking about it yeah he was like you just need to just do this and now I look back and I understand that I had to do it one time and realize that I wasn't going to die. And then it's so much easier, you know? Yeah. No one died. Well, and I think that that's the thing as a a business owner, being confident in the things that you're doing. Mm -hmm. Um, We talked a couple weeks ago with the owner from P. Dillies um, and and just talked about kind of the values that they see important. And I think that when you're setting your prices, it's like, okay, I, I think that I'm putting in this amount, this value of time, but that's hard sometimes to really, you know, you feel selfish. You feel like, mm-hmm. am I worth this? That, like, that's know, a really tough one. That's yeah. that. I mean, when you have an, in, in your model, your business system, it is you, you're, you are the product. And so it feels almost selfish, I'm sure. Oh, it's, ch- it's challenging. It makes you work through a lot of baggage, yeah. you know? Um, yeah, that first rate increase was really, ugh, really uncomfortable, um, to put it mildly. And I did, I was, af- you know, like afraid I was going to lose a bunch of students. I lost a few, but not many. And that made me more comfortable to charge what I'm worth. Also, having the crushing weight of student loan debt really helped me to set yeah. my prices. Yeah. You know, I was like, well, uh, you know, I'm using this this income from my degree to pay for my degree. So yeah. I got to well, charge. Well, and I think at some point you realize as a business owner, you need to stop and think, am I just treading water or am I swimming towards something? Yeah. And so often... It's like, okay, well, at the end of the month, all my bills are paid and it's okay. And it's like, but that's not swimming towards something. Correct. That's just treading water. And so often we get bogged down of like, well, it's okay. And my prices are, are set okay because, you know, they're, I am paying everything. Mm-hmm. But how, how, what kind of, how do you, how do you find that inspiration to think, okay, well, I want to, 
the long-term goal of swimming towards something, of being able to pay off, you know, student loans. I want this to be successful in mm-hmm. the long run and not just, you know, breaking even. So where I got that answer from was another book, and I can't remember the title of it, but one of the, the women who wrote the, the book said, it's not just your time and lessons that your students are paying for. They're paying for you know your training, your continuing education. They're paying you for the fact that you're not with a university where you're getting medical benefits and 401k. They're paying you for you know everything. The time you know you're going to have to take time off when you're sick, and in a in a nine to five where somebody else is signing my paycheck, I would get sick days. Mm-hmm. No, I don't get sick days now. Mm-hmm. Um, so that helped me to have a clearer picture of what my time is actually worth and what I should include as my time. And, um, you know, about a year ago, maybe maybe a year and a half, Clay and I started working with a business coach and she just snapped everything into focus for me. I was I got really cl- crystal clear on my pricing then and she encouraged me to start charging extra for lessons with me because they're expert lessons. Mm-hmm. And that took me a long time to come around to, but, mm-hmm. you know, I finally got it. You know, I have the music theory. I, I have coached so many beginners, um, through their first performances and I can play 10 instruments and I can coach, you know, like all of these things. And I was like, yeah, why am I not charging for expert lessons? Well, and what, and one of the things I think too, again, with starting your own business, you struggle with well, what if I lose a customer? So you mm. you were kind of saying, you know, when you the first time you raised some rates and not everyone walked out, but some people did. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure when you're, that's your livelihood, that's, you're the breadwinner in your household at the time you started this business, you were single. Mm-hmm. And, oh my gosh, I lost these two people. Is that going to be okay? Is that going to not be okay? You know, am I still going to, am I doing the right thing? Um, do you think that patience kind of helps of just taking a deep breath and like, it'll work out (laughs) and, and I can, and nothing's set in stone. You didn't sign your prices in blood. Right. (laughs) Right. And so you can pivot and do something differently and do things differently if you need to. Sure. Yeah. There were definitely times when like, oh gosh, there was one winter. It was some weird thing that happened. I lost like 10 students in one month. And that, if you're not clear on that, it feels like being fired 10 times. Yeah. (laughs) So that was hard. But what helped me was not focusing on that, but focusing on the long view. So I have a very long view of my business. And one thing that I promised myself from the day that I started this was that I was going to do whatever it took to not get into resentment because resentment is what um, leads to burnout and leads to people becoming accountants or like no shade on accountants, but that, that life ain't for me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and so I, I viewed everything through the lens of, is this sustainable for my energy? And it was not sustainable for my energy to people please, Mm -hmm. because that would lead me to burnout. And so it was really hard because that's not, that, that is a learned behavior to go against my people pleasing. Um, but I did it because my view was on, I want to retire from this job someday. I don't want to quit this in frustration. Yeah. Which, which I think is interesting. At what point do you think you kind of knew that in your business is that this was what you wanted to retire from and you wanted to kind of have the long game in mind. I'm sure when you're starting out, you don't start off most often with the end in mind. Mm. You often 
are just looking at almost the finish line is the start, <laughs> the <Yeah>. opening <laughs> when you're, when you're, you're decide you're going to open a business. Okay. I got to, you know, figure out my pricing, fi- figure out my marketing, figure out, you know, how I'm going to do all this together. Um, and so just getting to the point where you're opening the doors for something like this yeah. feels like the finish line oh my at gosh. first, right? <laughs> like, it's just like, okay, let's get it to where I can do what I want to do. So we, at what point did you kind of see, okay, let's look at the long game. Look, let's look at the bigger picture of this and not just, you know, opening the doors, not just paying my monthly bills, not just paying off some loans. Like, mm-hmm. let's look at this as this is what I re- want to retire from. Where did that when do you think you started thinking kind of in that long game? Um, probably from almost the beginning, but it's been an ever evolving thing over time, you know, cause my husband hasn't always been a part of this business. Um, it was not this March, but like last March, like a year and a half ago that I started getting really organized about my goals. I started working, um, on, okay, well, how do I, how do I help more people? And that makes me think about starting courses. Like I, I want to geek out about music theory all the time. Like, I just want to push my nerd glasses up and tell people about it. <laughs> and um, and I want to teach a lot of people about it so that it's not scary. And the way to do that is through courses and yeah. through doing things online. And I had all these ideas and I had organized them really well. And I went to Clay one day and I was like, I either need to hire somebody to run our school so that I can focus on these and teaching or I need you to leave your job and try this with me. Yeah. And oh, I'm getting chills just talking about it. But like he he saw the ideas I had and he believed in me. And um, here we are. And it's been that's been really amazing because having his energy and input into this as well is allowing me to think even more creatively and think about how to reach even further. And it frees up my time to be able to dream a little bit and He's just, he's the most amazing business partner in that way. I, I just, I talked a couple weeks ago with Lisa Yurick about business partners. She's uh, owns the downtown bookshop plenty. Mm-hmm. One of our good partners here, um, with power by her, but she is a business partner with her husband and she has talked about that. She's had some not great business partners and, and how the dynamics of things work so well together. How do you think that having a business partner that's your husband what 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 are the things you put in place that make that help that be successful? Oh my God, let me tell you. Like, where does the list begin? <laughs> so, um, you might have picked up that I really love organization, and I think that the best systems have several components to them. So, time, um, a physical component, and sometimes a digital component. So, what I what Clay and I did is that we decided on Tuesdays and Thursday mornings, we are talking business. And, um, I created a binder with some, you know, like ways to store our ideas and store topics that we need to talk about. And then we've got, you know, online stuff as well that helps us kind of keep our ideas fresh. But we really, um, we really focus when we talk around business, we, we focus on how can we move forward together? How can we stay on the same side of the table and, um, we do heart check-ins after we are done talking business business. So we're like, how are you feeling about this? Yeah. Feeling good? Feeling weird? Well, and I think that sometimes it can be easier when you know somebody so well and you know how to pull out their strengths mm-hmm. and kind of help their weaknesses um, when it's your romantic partner as a business partner. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes then 
<laughs> the, the, when things are, are tough or tight at home, yeah. it can kind of go into the business <laughs> aspect of things. So. Oh, really? <laughs> I hadn't noticed. <laughs> it can go both ways. Oh, my God. It really can. Yeah. I think that um, I think that at the, the core of it, just having those initiatives out of like, okay, yeah. we're going to set aside this time. We're going to, you know, let's make sure we're, we're checking in with each other. Yeah. And so how long has it been since he joined the business? About a year and a half. Okay. And we have, we are almost at 80 students now, thanks to him running the, the show background. We've got yeah. like five teachers besides Clay also teaches, he teaches bass. So we've got seven teachers total and things have just been like taking off it's been so wonderful do you ever feel like it's too much because it is in your home um it's like you can't separate cat star from just like cat sitting at home on her couch <laughs> with her pajamas on and you know do you ever feel like you can't separate the two out I feel pretty good about it do you have it. an identity crisis ever <laughs> <laughs> no um you know like I mentioned earlier we 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 make sure we've got a really good balance because we don't want that you know, resentment or ucky feelings or anything like that. And so we don't do anything on Fridays. Nobody comes for lessons. Sometimes we might be in our jammers all day. Um, so we definitely balance all of the work with just what we call trash human days. We're just going to be trash humans and eat pizza. <laughs> I think that that's so important that people, when you're, if you're kind of debating about starting a business, that that's important to remember is that when you do start a business, you can really structure it however you want to structure it. Yeah. And so whether it's that you don't want to work Fridays and you want Friday, Saturday, Sunday to be your days, you can do that. Mm -hmm. If you, you know, you have the luxury, you know, to be able to kind of fit what you want it to be and, and kind of design yeah. the life um, as well to kind of fit the business. And I think that's really important to bake into the cake from the beginning. Don't try to keep that ingredient separate and then spread it on top later mm -hmm. because you're going to burn out and you're going to have, you know, my, my definition of burnout, if, I don't even know if this is scientifically like true or not, but this, this is the one that rings true for me is tapping one area of your brain to the detriment of all of the other areas that you need to use to be a whole person. And so when you start anything that you know is going to be something that you want to be passionate about for a long time, you've got to bake the self-care into the cake as opposed to just trying to slap it on later because it, it just won't work as well. Once you realize you, you're too far in, you're like, oh, crap. Yeah. Now how do I go back? Yeah. Which is kind of what um, we'll get into next week of, of your other business that you recently launched and, and really focusing on those aspects of things. Oh yeah. It's so important. We launched a whole other business about yeah, it. <laughs> which is great. I can't wait to talk more about that. Where do you see, I mean, you've talked about the long game. Where do you see in five years, um, you're at 80 students now and seven teachers. What, what do you see kind of the five to 10 year plan for this? Well, we are about to bring group classes back into the mix. 2020, unfortunately, put the kibosh on that. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we're about to start offering group classes, um, sort of like if anybody remembers the Cookville Community Folk Orchestra, that was the um, multi-instrument, Appalachian instrument group that I started uh, back in 2014. It's going to look a lot like that. And so hopefully that is our stepping stone to having a space downtown. We'd like to eventually be out of our house and more accessible to people and have room to grow even more. Well, and it's, it is, it is interesting. I mean, 14 years is not something to, you know, sleep on. That's a long business. It I is. think that often people will start a business and think, 
you know, oh, well, I just, I like what I'm doing. I like music. And so I'm just going to do this. But having the business pieces in place really help that longevity of a business. It really does. I'm really excited to see where you're going to go and what, what you're going to do. We've had you, perf- you and your students perform at our Made Here Market um, oh, event yeah. before. And so that was really fun to kind of see all you guys out there and, um, you know, partake in a music festival like that and be part of that. And so, yeah. How can people find you if they want to find you? They can go to catstarmusic.com. That's K-A-T-S-T-A-R-R. Or they can give us a call, go old school, and use a phone. And we're 931-706-9496. And do you have social media? We do, yeah. We're, we're most on Facebook. Um, okay. So Catstar Music on Facebook. Check her out. Thank you so much for being here and telling us your story today. And Thanks we'll for look forward me. to hearing more from you next week. Appreciate it. If you want to know more about Powered by Herd, head over to PoweredByHerd.com. Join the community, support the cause, and we'll see you next week.